With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we are just hours away from our first ever, less than a couple hours actually, from our first ever Buffalo Sports Trivia Night in partnership with our lovely sponsor, Thin Man Brewery. Very, very exciting times, but we wanted to make sure we got our episode recorded for today before going into Trivia Night in case it is a massive failure. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, but really, really exciting to be able to do this first event. We'll have a full recap of it for everybody on Monday's episode. But in the meantime, we have some pressing things to talk about, folks. The Sabres have won four in a row, are currently three points back of the last wild card spot with three games in hand, and have begun this Central Division road trip that they're currently on with back-to-back wins, impressive wins at that, against the Dallas Stars in overtime on Monday and the St. Louis Blues on Tuesday, winning a back-to-back. And Taylor, I gotta tell you, playoffs are bust, baby. Let's get into this. What are your thoughts? And one thing I would add is, they are three points back of Washington and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has the same number of games played, but Washington has three more games played mm-hmm. than the Sabres. So technically, by points percentage, the Sabres are eighth. So handle those games in hand well, and the Sabres, you know, could finish eighth in the East, which would be nice. So here are my thoughts on Monday's episode when you asked me what we should get out of this road trip or what would be the least we can do. We said four points. Four points. So they already have the four points, and I gotta say, I I didn't think they'd come against Dallas. That was, we'll start with that, I guess. That was Monday's game. The first 10 minutes, I especially didn't think they were getting two points out of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got shellacked for about 10 minutes, but it was only one nothing. And I think that's kind of the classic annoying game for one team, the team that's taking all the shots. You know, yep. you take all these shots, you're dominating, but you're not scoring, and you just goddamn know mm-hmm. when other team gets, gets one shot off, it's going to be a goal, and then you're going to stop dominating, and it's going to be an even game. Happens all the time in the NHL. And folks, did it happen on Monday night? The Sabres, as soon as they got that first goal, looked like a a much more competent team. Uh, they looked, they fought right there with the team that is the one seed in the West, having already beaten not only the one seed in the East, but maybe the mm-hmm. best team in NHL history, the <laughs> Boston Bruins, who are thirty eight five and four now. Uh, but yes, back to Dallas, and they had an incredible game considering how how good their opponent's been this year. So. To top it off in overtime with an Owen Power goal, his first ever NHL goal after having so many opportunities this year, 
it was a really cool night all the way around. That's a, it's a kind of win that makes you feel good. And then last night, uh, the Blues have not been good this year, to say the least, uh, compared to what their standards are and I guess probably how good they thought they'd be, considering they were like a, what, a 110-point mm-hmm. second-round team last year. Well, they're, they're not going to be that this year. They might not even make the playoffs. And the Sabres, at least for the first 30 minutes of game time, definitely looked like they were playing that kind of team. Scoring four goals, especially the first 90 seconds of the game, holy hell, just immediately went off with goals by Tage and Tuck. Uh, and Tage, obviously, a three-point game. He's up to 66 points now. We love to see it. But they they handled adversity well in that game because they let, they let him right back in the game, three goals, and... It kind of looked like, uh-oh, are they going to blow this? They've already blown multiple games this year. But luckily, well, almost, well, another thing, too, they took a stupid penalty. Krebs took a stupid penalty yes. at the end of the game. So the last minute and a half or so, they were going to be down a guy. That was annoying. And then Dylan Cousins, in my opinion, the Sabres MVP of January, stepped up and uh, scored a pretty awesome goal there. So that was an empty net goal, yes, but it was a kind of... Uh, it was the entire play, the way he kind of stole the puck, uh, maneuvered quickly, and then got it into the empty net. Nothing, no dilly-dallying, no missing the net, nothing stupid like that, no what extra pass. Really impressive stretch by him. I'm, I've been really happy with him, and wow, just uh, what a stretch. And also, we should say, uh, this is important, that they already played their hardest game of the stretch. So yeah. these next two will be interesting. But yeah. what did you make of these two games? Yeah, well, up next, just as a little uh, precursor there, they have Winnipeg on Thursday night, so as everyone will be listening, we'll be preparing for that game. But yeah, I do have a, a few thoughts here. You know, First of all, to your point about Cousins being the MVP of the team in, in January, I think it's notable that not only him, but there have been several guys who have stepped up when the top line hasn't necessarily, for this past stretch really, it was nice to see them bounce back. Like you said, Tage had a nice three-point game there. But by and large, they haven't been playing as, we'll call it their usual selves, where Tage was just going, Tage was going middle stat mode, you know? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, where Tage was going crazy there. And so he's cooled off a little bit. And so one of the things that's been supremely helpful to them keeping their head above water right now and being in the position that they're in is a lot of the secondary play throughout the roster. It's not just Dylan Cousins, even though he has been a shining star for them and has been phenomenal for them over this stretch. I cannot believe I'm actually saying this, and I'm going to get to a few people who I think deserve some praise here, but we got to give some praise to Bryson and Labushkin seemingly getting their shit together a little bit and being a competent third pair because them being average, decent, makes a huge difference when the other, we'll call it 45 to 50 minutes of the ice or of, of the night, you're going to have either Rasmus Dahlin or Owen Power on the ice. We'll call it like 40 minutes roughly. You'll, you'll have one of those two guys on the ice most likely notably at five on five. So to be able to have that competency in that pair, that is very, very encouraging for the team. We'll see how long they're able to keep it up. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I think it's important to at least give them some props now because they have looked much, much better over this recent stretch. Owen Power also, he continues, obviously he has goals in his last two games, but he night in and night out looks like he is getting better by the game. And it's more noticeable, I think, than most players, most rookies I could think of in, in recent memory where it's not like it's just an offensive prowess. It's in every 
aspect of his game. You could see him growing and getting better, and you see him starting to process things a little bit quicker. And in certain shifts, he's dominating in the ways that we saw him dominate at Michigan. And so to see that at 19 from him when he's still, of course, a few years off from even reaching what his peak is going to eventually end up being, his trajectory is looking very, very, very exciting there. So, and then of course too, we got to give more props to the goaltending because the goalies have been doing their part and keeping again this, the team's head above water here and just playing average, just playing a little bit above average. I mean, and what I'm really interested in going into Thursday's game is who's going to start. I don't believe it's been announced yet, but you have a real dilemma on your hands a little bit here. I don't know if I'd go as far as to call it a dilemma, but there's a situation that is brewing where. Eric Comrie, due to injury, has really not been getting a lot of games. Of course, he's only played, I believe, once since he's come back from this most recent injury here. And you're in this kind of tug-of-war now where you have to ask yourself on a given night, do we want to play Comrie to get him games, which you need to do, or do you want to continue rolling with UPL if you feel like he gives you the best chance to win? And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what the Sabres' philosophy on that is going to be as we get down the stretch here. Like how many, how, how much are they going to prioritize getting Comrie games if they really feel like UPL is the guy that gives them the best opportunity to keep winning and to stay in firmly in this playoff hunt right now? Mm, well, it's going to be tough. It's just so uh, annoying that Comrie is under contract for next year too because Anderson is also playing well, so it's not like you can just sit Anderson down either. Right. Like he's been fantastic. So... I think you just kind of have to. You can't have a guy, like, never play. It's it's unfortunate. But I think just on the principle of UPL, for example, UPL started really poorly this year, but he turned it around. Right. Maybe you could see that from Comrie. Maybe you get some competent goaltending. But I feel like if you get, like, one or two more bad games, I wonder if you're even able to do that. Or if you waive him, maybe. And you don't even try the three-goal thing anymore. It's a, it's a question that needs to be answered and we'll see as it shakes out here because, again, at this stage of the game, due to, p- to points percentage, the Sabres are in control of their fate from here on out. I mean, it, it, you know, they're going to be the ones that are going to set the pace for this as they currently sit in that eight spot due to points percentage here. And so, really, the rest of the season's in their hands. If they want to make this run, it's it's right in front of them. And I don't remember at any point in recent memory feeling, we'll call it this confident, about their chances at realistically being in it down the stretch at this point, like as we're entering into February here. It's pretty remarkable that they are in this position right now and seemingly are ahead of schedule here. And so that's also going to, you know, dictate, or it's going to be interesting to see how that dictates what Adams does here. Is he going to stand pat or is he going to try and take a big swing? We just heard it would be pretty shocking if he ends up making this move happen, but the Sabres have been linked to Timo Meyer as he's now on the block and he's going to be up for a new contract and that's a lot of money coming on the books, but it's also getting an elite forward. And so, you know, you're going to be getting what you're paying for there. It's not as though you'd be really in, in terms of, you know, worrying, having to worry about an overpayment or anything like that, but it'll be really interesting to see. And, and again, as we're talking about scoring and going back to guys who deserve some credit here, I know we had talked about him a little bit last week or last episode, and we're going to continue to talk about him through the rest of this season, assuming he's on the team after the trade deadline, but that's Victor Olofsson. He just keeps scoring. He sure does. That's someone I actually wanted to talk about because we talked about him 
maybe last episode or two episodes ago, and I feel like we only ever talk about him when it comes to trade. So I did want to shut him out because he had another goal earlier this week, and he really looks like he's going to push past 30-plus. And that's, you know, that should be commended. It's it's pretty cool that we, we finally have a... And we've had him for a little while, but someone that was not drafted in the first round that's succeeding, he was a seventh-round pick. Yeah. A Tim Murray first-draft guy. So Insane. that draft was terrible uh, for the Sabres 2014. But they got Reinhardt, which I, I don't count that. Reinhardt's a, a slam-dunk pick. And frankly, they should have taken uh, Leon at this point. It's pretty clear. Right. So that's that's opposite credit. Sorry, Tim. So here's what you actually get credit for. This guy. Yeah. Going to be a potential 30-goal scorer. Developed really well. I guess they saw something there. And he's continually gotten better, which is nice. Uh, so I, I really... I, do, I don't just watch Olafson score every goal and think trade this guy, even though that's... Mostly we talk about in the podcast. I love his, he, in my opinion, has the best goal song on the Sabres, which mm. is nice. And he just, he's had a really awesome year. I'm, I'm happy he finally scored at even strength. So my, my, my thoughts in the future, notwithstanding, he's a very important part of their team right now while they're making a playoff push. And that's something that you can't say a lot of, uh, about a lot of Sabres in the past. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's going to be interesting to see how that conversation is going to evolve surrounding his value here and, and really what the Sabres think of him because obviously taking it in the context of just this season, of course you're going to want to have a guy like that around, but you have to also just think about it again in terms of asset evaluation, asset management. You know, really how are you going to be able to get the most out of what this asset is and that and that's what Olofsson has really become you know his value is as good as it's ever been I would say at this point he is looking better at five on five he's third on the team in goals right now with 22 I mean you're saying him being a 30 goal scorer he could be a 30 goal scorer by the trade deadline we could be talking about him scoring 40 goals potentially depending on how hot he gets which as we've seen he could be streaky he could pot a couple of games sometimes and so really really intriguing storyline continuing to develop there with Olafson and just where he's going to fit on this team beyond this season. But even again, as we approach the trade deadline here and what moves the Sabres may be looking to make. For sure. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm generally intrigued by Meyer. Cause I think, man, that would be incredible. I don't know what they want. I don't know what Mike Greer wants. It seems like he wants a, a tough team. Doesn't it? Mm. I wonder what kind of pick, I mean, if you wanted the first this year in a Meyer trade and you thought realistically you could uh you know get Meyer under contract, I would definitely do that as part of the deal. And then other guys as well. I mean, there's a lot of guys at this point. If you're going to bring Meyer in, you have to think now that you're going to be spending between him, Tuck, Tage, Skinner, you're going to have a Cousins contract at some point soon and then Dalene and Power. That's just the top guys. I mean, you're probably looking at north of 9 million for a new contract. I think yeah. I've read that his arbitration number is around 10 million right now yeah okay so so you're, you'd be looking at eight by nine maybe you very well could be but mm, again, more than tage wow you are getting an elite play driving winger though 100 percent well i guess impacts, what i'm saying is that you should so the sabers could be willing to deal with i don't want to say names right now but you you should be willing to deal with guys that you think are going to be good because what i was saying when i'm saying you have those top three you have cousins for sure you have Darlene and Power. You're going to have those six guys. They're going to be making, in a couple of years, a combined, oof, I don't know, 50 million? Maybe yeah. more than 50 million. And then if you bring Meyer in, that's going to be north of 60 million, likely. 
so with the seven guys for 60 million, there's someone you're going to have to let go that's going to be good probably. This is a problem that all the teams have run right. into, including the Blackhawks. So right. if it's part of the Meyer trade, you have to say, give up rookies that we really like, one of them. Mm-hmm. I'd be definitely willing to do that, including but, some Rochester pieces we're excited well, about. Well, absolutely. And I think with that being said, too, you have to look at teams who have built in similar ways and have had success like Tampa is a perfect one I think that comes to mind in that they have their core untouchable five six seven guys who throughout their cup runs have taken up what do we want to say like 60 percent plus of their cap probably close to at least but what yeah. but what the key is with them though is that they're able to maximize their bottom six with guys who are on rookie deals and guys who have been on vet minimums Things like that. And so we have this amazing benefit right now where we have nearly $50 million in cap space. We all know it's going to quickly, quickly dry up when you start handing out some of those extensions. But acquiring a guy out of Meyer isn't an idea that I don't think should be dismissed, that I don't think can be dismissed out of hand just because of the fact that uh, of what he can bring and what you know that he is and what he's proven to be on a bad team. And so you're, you would be able to make that work where you have those guys that, you know, the Sabres do have a lot of prospects right now and a lot of guys coming up through the system like in the next few years. And so if you're able to utilize a model similar to Tampa where you're, you're finding, I mean, of course, and that also correlates with good drafting, but you're finding your Ross Coltons of the team, of guys who are able to step in in those bottom six roles and who are able to still produce because of how deep the core of your lineup is that... The supporting cast is just, it, it makes it a little bit easier when you have that degree of high-end talent on the team. Absolutely. Also helps uh, the bridge deal they gave the Kucherov. Yes. He was a uh, winning MVP, making not very much money. Yeah, very, very much helps. You need a little bit. But that's the thing, though, too, is that we'll see how this offseason goes because the Sabres already are seemingly going to be lucking out with how the Tage contract is going to look. We'll see what Cousins and Darlene end up getting at, you know, whatever their AAV comes in at. So we're going to have a much better idea of that flexibility pretty early on in the offseason. You would have to think that going into the UFA period and even approaching the draft that they're going to want to probably have those key extensions done by then so that they could have a more accurate landscape of what they have to work with because as good as they've been looking right now, they still are one or two big swing pieces away I think from being that, from elevating themselves to that true contender status, not rushing to get there, but that's what they need to put them over the top. Seems that way. After yeah. you with these these lovely ad reads, yeah. For our before wonderful we sponsors. get to anything else, let's hear a word from our sponsors at DraftKings. Four NFL teams, two conference championship. Games. What's this? What what is it? NFL. Who? I think it's that pickleball thing that everyone's been talking mm. about. Okay. Okay. Or is it FTX? Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot in even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So, this is where I'm supposed to talk about one of the games who I'm keeping an eye on, blah, 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 who excites you. I Nothing excites me anymore, but 
I think it'd be pretty funny if Brock Purdy won the Super Bowl. So it'd be good for you guys to bet on the Niners to win. And that's that's pretty much it. I don't really have any Brock Purdy thoughts. Maybe bet on if you can bet the over on turnovers. It, but it's straight up Sabres is a firmly pro NFC. Yeah. Super Bowl contender podcast right now, right? Like that we absolutely firmly NFC. Yeah. I want no part of the Bengals or the Chiefs winning. Yes. As much as I like Joe Burrow, Eli Apple ruined it. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of annoying stuff actually. Very annoying. I don't mind shit talking, but that was just annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh in fact there's been a lot of annoying things in general said. I'm not gonna get into it, but I will say uh that uh, in my time hop today, was it was the um, a really long rant I had about Tom Brady two mm. years ago on the podcast. Mm. And I was like, I should get that mad about stupid NFL takes right now. And then I was like, eh, it doesn't work. Is Eli Apple the Pat Beverly of the NFL? Yeah, yeah. Easily. yeah. He's basically, he's the meme of the guy like on the stairs in like 17th place celebrating like he won. Mm-hmm. Yep. Podium, I should yep. say, not stairs. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. Folks, our second sponsor is Thin Man Brewery. Two locations on Elwood and Chandler. We're about to head to one of them soon for trivia. And they have an exciting... Uh, new beer this week. Have you seen this? Because it's been on social media, Brendan. It's, I, it's I a, have. It's a very, uh, I guess, interesting deal they have going on. So you're going to want to hear more about this. For starters, the the beer itself is actually called Orange Pumps. Now, this is a Meyer Creek Brewing beer. You might have heard of them. They're a pretty big brewery. It's a collaboration with them, Thin Man and Meyer Creek Brewing. They're located in Syracuse, and this is a lager with an orange peel in it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that might mean something to you. Syracuse, orange? Wow. What's going on with that? We love well, puns. Folks, here's what's going on. There is a watch party, Thin Man, with this, Saturday, January 28th. That's this Saturday, 6.30 p.m. You can watch Cuse play Virginia Tech. You grab a pint of orange pump, and guess what? When you buy that pint, you're automatically entered to win a raffle. And the, what do you get out of that raffle, Brendan? Tell me. Courtside seats for Ooh. Duke versus Syracuse on February 18th. Uh, that's a night game, night weekend game, and it's on ESPN. So if you're a Cuse fan, if you're a basketball fan in general, or if you just like orange-flavored beer, definitely show up because it could be you. It could be mm. you a month from now. In Syracuse, sitting courtside, ESPN, one of your relatives texting you, like, you moron, why do you have your shirt off? <laughs> You're like, too many orange pumps. And then they tell you, it's never too many. Take your pants off, too. Anyway, uh. so get to Thin Man Brewery <laughs> this Saturday, 6.30 p.m., watch some basketball, drink some orange pumps, support both Thin Man and Myers Creek Brewing, and... You could win tickets to one of the you, – you get to see one of the legendary teams in college basketball and also Syracuse. 
Anyway. Nice. nice. So, I'm sure the Q's fans <laughs> are going to love that one. Yeah, well, they'll love the beer. Anyway, let's get to uh, briefly the, the games coming up. So tonight, when you're listening to this Thursday night, they have Winnipeg. They will probably have Connor Hellebuck, won't they? I would probably assume so. Yeah, Winnipeg will not be in the middle of any kind of a back-to-back situation. Connor Hellebuck having a pretty good season. He won't win the Vesna because Linus Olmark, I think, has that wrapped up. Yeah. But shout he, out Linus, by the way. Congrats. I don't think we've really given him his uh, his due here. He's been awesome. Yeah, I'm thrilled. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but Connor Hellbuck is as good as anyone in hockey, and he can be frustrating to play against. We just played against him a few weeks ago. So, oh, yeah. Tough battle ahead. Winnipeg is very good this year, as we said. Their underlings aren't fantastic, I wouldn't say, compared to the record, but a couple things. The West is bad. Yep. Their goaltending's great, and their top, top-level guys are really good. So they have a top-level defenseman in Josh Morrissey. He's actually third in defenseman scoring. Yeah. Behind the two um, rocket ships in first and second. <laughs> and then they have, like, I would say a handful of forwards that are interesting. Yeah. They have I some mean, older have... guys who are still pretty good in Shifley and Wheeler, but you have Nick Ehlers. You have Kyle Connor. Kyle you Connor. You have Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, they... They have a few guys. They're a good team. I wouldn't say they have great depth or anything, but you can cover that with good goaltending and a good top six. And one really good defenseman. So, good for them. They no longer have anyone left from the uh, Sabres-Kane uh, trade. Good for back them. In the day. So, good for them. Yeah. That was good. That was a real nightmare for both teams, to be honest. So, should be a close one. Honestly, on the road, it's tough. It's a tough, uh, it's a tough draw to play Winnipeg on the road. Yeah. But getting a point there would be nice. And then, do they play Minnesota Saturday? Yes, it would be Saturday. Yep, so it's another one of the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday, Saturday games. Yeah, so then they close out the month Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern time in Minnesota against the Wild. They, Crazy stuff. They have not been as good as I thought. The Sabres are only one point behind Minnesota right now, This says the guy that picked them to win the Stanley Cup <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Oh, well, boy. you know what? There's a lot of people out there that pick the Avs that I'm sure are sweating it right now. Very well could be. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> not. No, a, yeah. I don't think a lot of people picked the Bruins this year. They were not a hot pick for a lot of reasons. But right. There's a lot of people that are lying out there saying, I did pick the Bruins. Mm. So, the Wild, I don't even know what to say about them. They are a weird uh, enigma of a team. They sure are. Yeah, they are confusing i would say their goaltending situation obviously they have mark andre fleury in there for them but they've also been getting quality play out of philip gustafson over this last stretch here which i think is a, a pretty interesting development to say the least but yeah i mean they're similar in a way where uh, to winnipeg not in the sense that they have an elite goalie like connor hallibuck where they just have some like really really high level guys <laughs> who contribute a lot to the team's success and then you also just have some some guys on the team as well yeah would you say that Gustafson is the thinking man's Anton Forsberg many people are saying that yeah. actually I was I was at the co-op earlier and heard a, a lively debate between this group of folks and they were talking about that specifically now did you go to the Elmwood one or the Hurdle one I'm it was the Elmwood one actually yeah I got a great dinner from the Hurdle one last night did you make that my recommendation that's beautiful you should <laughs> here's my recommendation folks the Lexington co-op tuna salad sandwich chef salad low price we love um, it all right 
You gotta go to another store to get I'll go a real with pop, the but... I'll get the Nashville hot chicken sandwich from the Elmwood one. There's my recommendation. I almost had that. And last a salad. Time, but... Great salads at the co-op. Yeah. Real good salads. They're very I should start going in the summer. I don't ever think about getting salads. I really should, you know, now I'm getting my thirties, I gotta think about my mm-hmm. cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Uh I salads in the summer, this is the first time this past year where I started like thinking about salads in an appetizing way in the summer. Right. Not just like hot dogs. Yeah. Because everyone knows you know your tastes are different in Buffalo. The weather not is just so like just like <laughs> it like varies. Cause like today, for example, it snowed multiple inches unexpectedly and it's like thirty tomorrow. I don't know what it'll be, but in a week from now it could be negative five. But in three months, it'll be like in the fifties or sixties consistently. And then in the summer, it'll be consistently in the eighties and nineties for a little yeah. while for a, the July, August stretch. So things change so much. You can't eat like hot soup in the summer here because mm. no one has air conditioning. <laughs> Like, your, your body is just, like, Ugh. your body is a consistency of soup. Just 90 degrees. Let's have some some hot chicken noodles. soup How about a right bisque? Now. Ooh. You ever go for a, a run, you come back all sweaty in the summer, super thirsty, and you have a nice piping hot tomato bisque? It's just disgusting. <laughs> no, just, but just what I'm saying horrible. is, this summer is the first time that I was like, I would like a really cold salad right now. They're great. Yeah. They're like, great. I, it's, it's wonderful. I didn't realize... Salads are supposed to be cold because I used to eat salads mostly like on cheeseburgers. Mm, yep. And then they get all warm. Of course. Yeah, they get warm from being near it. You only get like two tomatoes in those salads usually too. Yeah, those are weird salads. I don't I don't know why they exclusively serve salads in my uh, <laughs> teens and 20s on cheeseburgers. But I'm just kidding. I've always liked salad. I'm, I'm, I'm just joshing everyone. <laughs> but I'm thinking about, you know, maybe getting into more salads there at the co-op. I wish... Either it was less expensive or... They are so... Oh, my God. Get the pre-made salads. I'm an owner, so I could I could say this. Get the pre-made salads because the make-your-own salad, you will get up to the register with your unbelievable, delicious creation, and they'll they'll charge you, like, 22 bones for a salad. <laughs> I don't... I mean... If you do the regular... Like, the bigger box... Like, what size bones are they looking for? Dinosaur. Oh, my God. I don't have any. Back to Minnesota, though. <laughs> All right, that's an early recommendation, There you folks. go. Perfect. All right, Minnesota, to me, I guess they're not as much of an enigma as it's impossible for them to be good or bad as a franchise. Yeah. We've said this many times that they've never been good or bad. Now I think it's impossible because things were lining up this year for them to not be like... Uh, the Stanley Cup pick was just me uh, trying to have an interesting pick, but I thought they'd be like a conference final team in the yeah. right year. Like they could give Colorado an interesting series or something like that. And they're just blah. They're still in the yeah, middle. Yeah, well, and that's the thing with them, too, is that even as we're saying, I made the analogy to Winnipeg before where it's like you just you have some good top-end guys, and then the rest, of, like the bottom half of the roster is just like, eh. Like, Winnipeg is in a much better situation when it comes to that. Obviously, at the top of the list, you have Kaprizov. Yeah, he's still been good. He's so been that's... fantastic. You have Matt Zuccarello, who's playing at a point-per-game pace right now. You have is one he of really? The, yeah. Good for him. You have one of the, the better young two-way centers in the NHL with Joel Erickson Eck. You, of course, have Matt Boldy, who's been great for them and just got that nice extension. On the back end, you have an emerging, solid offensive defenseman in Kalen Addison. Weird thing with them, though, as I said, with like this weird mix and how you kind of had, had called it. Do you know who Minnesota's first-line center is right now? It's not Joel Erickson Eck. He's on the second line. Do you know who's, who's been playing first-line center for the Wild? Uh, Polino? Sam Steele. What? Yes. Sam Steele has been getting the top line minutes with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. And what's the second line then? 
Eric Sinek with Boldy, and I think they've rotated it. Because I, I know Hartman sometimes plays there, but he also plays in that third-line center role. Felino, I know, gets up there gets up there a little bit, but yeah. Wow. Sam Steele has been getting top-line minutes with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. <laughs> and I joke create a player-ass name. Literally, though, right? Come on. So, hey, we, we came into this, as we said before, talking about them getting four points from this trip. Them walking away with six of eight possible points if they could go one and one and down this last stretch. Hell, if what if they just what if they just win it? What if what if they just go all eight points on this stretch here? I mean, that's huge, and that's something the Kraken just did actually well, on a road trip to get so, themselves permanently in a playoff spot. Well, right, and, and so let me ask you this, Taylor. Like, do and this may be an obvious answer, I guess. Even with them winning these first two games. Even if they come out of it two and two, but especially if they end up picking up one or two more of these down the stretch here, it is this time now that we have to have the conversation where the expectation the rest of this year is playoffs. Hmm. And by expectation, I mean that is your goal. Like you are, this team is being put out there every night to win games, to get in a playoff spot. Adam's job the rest of this season is to do what he has to do in that front office, to do what they have to do to get them into the playoffs. Do you think that this stretch here that they're currently on right now where they're winning is is that pivotal that they need to turn their attention to this? Yeah, because I think coming up after this, they're going to they're gonna have, obviously, uh, that another trip to California, which has two pretty bad teams. Uh, and then they're going to have, but they also have Carolina, Toronto. They'll have Boston again. I think that's all in early February. So I think it'll be really nice going into All-Star break. If they go into All-Star break, like, in a playoff spot, I don't know what the schedule looks like with Washington, if they're going to make up some of those games in hand by the time that the All-Star break starts. But them going into the All-Star break uh, in a playoff spot, I think would be huge for them mentally. And I think that'd be great for them coming back. They have, obviously, a little break for everyone but Tage, which would be nice. And then they come back, play strong. And I think at that point, yeah, if, if things are going well, I don't think I'm fully in. I'm, like, 95% of the way in, like, this could be a playoff year. If you win these next two games, I think it's going to be, hey, we could make the playoffs. We really, th- this is a goal all of a sudden. Yeah. And you're, you're definitely buyers, at least in a small way, at the deadline at that point. Uh, and... It'd be uh, thrilling, to be honest. And we're already starting to get there. We're like, winning those two games after winning the two games last weekend is getting us to a point where we're, let's say, more than halfway there if you're going from where we were last Friday night or last Thursday night to where we could be after this weekend. Right. That'd be nice. Yeah. I, I think especially if they win the next two. If they are able to pull out wins in Winnipeg and in Minnesota, I think Adam's coming out of that needs to really think about if he wants to get ahead of the market here. I know things are difficult for trading, but if there is a team that is equipped to deal with another team's cap woes, it's the Buffalo Sabres right now. Yeah, weaponize that. That's what I'm saying. Weaponize it. You can weaponize it for that sake and and kind of be a facilitator for deals, but you can also then yourself go out and, and make a big move that they have the flexibility to, they have the ability to here and, I know the conversation that's going to be had, rushing this versus sticking to the plan, what have you. And I just go back to a team's development and that path 
is ever changing. There is not any way that you can, it's malpractice if you go into a season and say, this is where we are right now. We are not deviating from the course no matter what, because it doesn't do justice to actually shape your development track with the success of the team and where they actually are right now. So for anybody saying like, oh, well, no, this is the plan. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. The plan can change if what we're seeing on the ice and what we're seeing in the underlying numbers, if that is also changing as well. It's not about deviating from the plan. It's about evolving the plan. And so this team is undoubtedly right now looking like they are a little bit ahead of where we thought they would be or where we want them to be. We had said about 500 or so, and they're showing us now that they have the potential to be a little bit better than that because they're playing at this level with these glaringly obvious holes that we saw in the roster coming into this season, and they're overcoming it. And I think that that's a testament to the team, and I think that making a move sends a message to the locker room that this front office is all in on them. Absolutely. Got to win those next two games first, though. That's At least right. one of the next two. That's right. I would say. Taylor, do you have any last thoughts to share before we sign off for the day? Uh, hmm. Well, I'm excited for trivia and uh, go Brock Purdy. Let's go host some trivia and go Brock Purdy. We, we love you, Brock. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Check out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently listening to this episode on, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows and you're leaving us a nice little rating and review at the same time. And make sure you subscribe to Straight Up Sabres as well. And follow the presenters of this podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find us, Straight Up Sabres. Last but not least, make sure you're checking out both of the sponsors of this podcast, First DraftKings, and using that promo code THPN at checkout, and Thin Man Brewery, the go-to spot, whatever it may be, for dinner, for drinks after work, for a late night out on a Friday or Saturday, either location, Elmwood, Chandler, you cannot go wrong. Make sure you're stopping by Thin Man. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres. <laughs>